alone. Betrayed by the podcast he loves the most. JK, LOL. It's the Full Circle Team Takeover Edition. Myself, Jack Smith, with my Full Circle co-host, C. Ferrari. We're taking over the high and wide flagship show this week. Jimmy and Kyle are indisposed. That's right, you're going to get us this week. Uh, full circle will get you caught up on all the playoffs and particularly what happened with the Islanders and Bruins and what will happen with the Tampa Bay and Long Island series. That should be interesting. But this is first and foremost a Flyers podcast. We will not bring, be bringing you for full circle because you're already here. Uh, we are not in the playoffs. Newsflash. We are not in the playoffs. So before we get into it, Steve, welcome to the main show again. I know you've been on a couple of times. Um, I've never ran the thing, but hey, what the hell? It could be like a half Flyers therapy. You know, we'll just go with it. Um, plenty of speculation to talk about before we get into that. Just an overall general thoughts on the playoffs for you so far. Well, first off, got to say thanks for having me. I feel like I got a call up from the taxi squad for a day. Maybe you guys are trying to save some calf space or something, but uh, happy to be here. Uh, so far, the playoffs, have been, they've been really good. Uh, outside of maybe the North Series, um, I'm just I'm kind of glad those are over. They just don't have the same energy as the other ones. But so far, they've been everything you could really ask for. Uh, I'm hoping tonight we end up with a a Colorado win so we can get a game seven and extend this a little bit. Um, but I, I'm happy with everything. The buildings for the most part are jumping. Um, the Coliseum last night was, was wild. Uh, the Anthem just, it's like gives you goosebumps listening to it, but so far I, I can't complain. Yeah, no, well said. These playoffs have been everything. I can't wait to get into that Boston Islander series and between Bruce Cassidy's comments and that hit to McAvoy and just the Islanders out Bruining the Bruins. Um, <laughs> That's a great way was, to put it. Was it was it really looked like some 90s hockey, which you know I love. But that's not the way the game's played anymore. So the NHL just changed the rules on the fly. It's really interesting. Um, <laughs> and Jimmy had always said that certain teams were built for the regular season, and other teams were built for the playoffs. And I, I, you know, you, I understood that mantra. But when you see this year's playoffs in particular, it's almost like, all right, like there's, it's almost <laughs> like the American League and the NL, the NL. Like there's just two different sets of rules. Like it's silly. So, you know, and, but then again, you got some guys getting eight games and five, four games here and there. I don't know. We'll talk about that on Full Circle because it is a cluster, you know what, that can take up quite some time. A uh, couple important dates for you, you uh, Flyers fans who are trying to enjoy the playoffs and what's left of them. Or if you're completely zoned out and just listen to us, we appreciate your uh, your viewership or listenership or whatever you call that uh, on July 17th, the deadline for teams to uh, submit their protection lists. Uh, that's just step one. And to really getting this off season going, obviously when the Stanley cup ends, I believe we can go right into trade season if that is the case. But July 17th is the first significant date followed by July 21st is the uh, expansion draft that starts at 8 PM. I cannot wait for that. Uh, July 23rd is the first round of the NHL draft. July 24th is the rest of the draft. And finally, July 28th is when free agency begins at 12 p.m. Uh, we'll get more into that, especially as the time comes. And look out for a potential uh, Belly Up Sports show uh, with the guys from High and Wide with a couple of other uh, hockey podcasts, a couple of affiliates of ours. 
we might go live as the expansion draft goes down, and that should be fun. Um, so little Flyers news for you here. Before I get into the big news, the little news is Nick Schultz hired as director of player development. This actually caught some heat. If you listen to Jimmy's new daily show, in case you missed it, um, a lot of stuff went down to talk about, mostly in the playoffs, but Flyers related. Nick Schultz hired new director of player development, caught some heat. Steve, your thoughts on this? I mean, uh, the, those roles, I think you put uh, ex-players in those roles for their take on the game. Um, I think you want to see them add to the development of guys, but I don't think they're the end-all be-all of players coming through the system and becoming successful or not. I think they can help a player get over certain things or improve in certain areas because they do have the experience. I mean, Nick Schultz was in the game for a while. Um, so, you know, he's got a lot to bring and he wasn't a superstar, um, but that just means he had to find ways to get around in the NHL without uh, the the skill that some of these guys have. So is it a perfect hire? We'll see. Who knows? But I, I think he's a guy that brings some knowledge of the game. Um, and like if he's the guy that you're you're pinning all your hopes and dreams on for some of these players, you're probably looking at it wrong. Uh, to me, it's more about the coaching in the lower levels and really making sure that when these guys are playing for say their junior teams or overseas, that the messaging that they're getting is the right message. And it's, it's how your team wants to play. And it's how, it's how you've seen guys succeed in the NHL. So to me, that's what it's more about. And the name attached to it is until we get a couple of years under our belt, I think that can be secondary. Right. And ultimately, and this goes for myself included, um, only very few people truly know the role of the director of player development. And on right. top of that, truly know the character and the life of Nick Schultz to really get mad at this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, you don't know enough to truly be upset about Nick Schultz being named player of, uh, director of player development. Lapierre had this job before. I thought it was perfect for him based on the player he was. If they had hired like Michelle Terrian to do this job, I'd have been like, he is like the worst person because he's right. a scumbag. You know, like he, he, the things he said to Briere when they were in Montreal, look it up on Google if you don't believe me. Like he, he loved to make his team hate him and they would like rally together, you know, despite him and win that way. That's not a kind of guy you want being your director of player development, talking to the new young kids and pretty much probably just making him want to retire, like just talking <laughs> crap to him. Well, I like a guy like Lapierre or a guy or even Schultz. Like you said, he's been around the NHL. He knows what it takes to be a veteran and stick around. You know, he's. I, we've seen some of the top players in the league. They just like Wayne Gretzky was a coach. He didn't do that well. Now, yeah, I know he was he a good coach. He was on what, Phoenix? Yeah, and those guys have a hard time relaying. Like Wayne Gretzky sees hockey differently than – virtually everybody else on the planet. You you need a guy in that that space that is looking at the game from an, an angle that doesn't have a lot of talent. So he's looking at how to close gaps without being the fastest guy in the world and how to shoot the puck around a defender because maybe he doesn't have the greatest shot. So he, he's looking at angles of the game that a lot of these superstars may not see. They're, they're seeing it, but it, they're processing it in a different way. He's doing it with uh, half or an eighth of the skill of some of these players. And he's, he found a way to carve out a really successful career in the NHL. So the name let's, let's give it some time before we, we kill the name. I, I get it. Nick Schultz isn't the 
the the greatest guy you want to have, say, developing your players on name recognition alone. But who knows what could happen? He might be the best player development guy we've ever had. He could be the worst. But it's there's a lot more that goes into it than these guys coming out of the system and being successful than Nick Schultz. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. That's just Twitter for you. That's Flyers fans for you. I Reactions. usually fall into the same category, to be honest. But this one, I, I scratch my head. I'm like, guys, we, we just don't know enough. Like, come on, like, relax. Now, one that did catch a lot of heat, and I'll ask you, but I think there is some. I can see why people got a little like, okay, um, Ian Laperriere, longtime assistant with the Flyers originally in charge of the power uh, penalty kill under Dave Haxall for at least three seasons. Uh, he was hired as the Phantoms head coach after the uh, exodus of Scott Gordon. Um, I'll just ask you your thoughts on the whole thing. <sighs> Knowing what happened with the penalty kill, uh, I have some reservations. I think Lappy is a great guy. Um, again, as with Nick Schultz, he was getting by in the NHL on a, a different level of talent than most players. Um, he carved out a role and he was successful at it in the NHL. Now, in terms of coaching, if he has a little more freedom to kind of just be himself and implement things from the ground up that he, he wants to do, I could see it being successful, but I, I have a hard time judging this move one way or another based on what I know about the PK and what I know about his career. Um, I'm not going to say it's a bad hire just yet, but it's a little bit of a lackluster one. And I don't want to just say it's Lapierre and we love him for taking pucks to the face and he's got carte blanche to kind of do whatever, whatever he wants. Um, I'm going to kind of wait and see on this one, but at the same time, it's not, it, it doesn't really move the needle for me just yet. See, it feels like a lazy hire. Yeah, that's... That's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at. It, it's nothing that makes me think, OK, they went out and really did their homework and were trying to make a the right hire. It's kind of we've got this guy in the building. Maybe we don't want him to leave. Here you go. Right. And it's like then you kind of brought it up. It's like if he doesn't block that puck with his face, is he even in the organization at this point? Like the, for this long so it's a great question. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think that endeared him to Philly for pretty much the rest of his life. But I don't want to make a hire based on that play. I, I love him for it. I give him a ton of credit for it because, man, standing in front of, of a slap shot with your body, let alone your face, is a whole different animal. But it doesn't make you a good coach. Right. And I understood after he got off the PK, he was kind of that guy that the players could complain to ask him to talk to a V about, I don't know, power play time or whatnot, or, you know, that's what assistant coaches do. They're the guy you complain to and whatnot. And now it's always been tough for a guy to step up from an assistant coach to a coach. Now, mind you, this is in the minors, so it shouldn't be too big of a deal, but that's where I bring in those penalty kill numbers. So Ian LaPerry has two favorite people in the whole wire world. They essentially have to be Matt Niskanen and Matt, <laughs> and Matt Klintak. And you know how that is? Because, Klintak assembled which was historically the worst bullpen in the MLB, and Niskanen's retirement led to one of the worst defensive showings in an NHL season pretty close to history. Third on that list was the Flyers' penalty kill from, what, 2017 to 
AV, AV's hiring. Yeah, pretty much. AV's hiring. So, like, it's already been knocked down two pegs. If you truly remember him in charge of the PK, we took he took something that – and it wasn't all him. It was personnel. But come on. The, he took what was a very good unit, and they became historically one of the worst penalty kill units since the 80s. And we know how many goals were scored in the 80s. So that <laughs> that is something. That is impressive. It was a collapsing box where everybody would just um, – just, it was passive. Goalie. It looked more like a hockey or I'm sorry, a soccer wall or something that they were trying to do. <laughs> it was horrible. It was a very bad time. And I remember Matt Reed got called back up from the Phantoms and they actually looked somewhat improved. I'm like, that tells me a lot about this. Yep. Like, yep. And then they just let him go and they went back to being terrible. And uh, so what I've seen from Lappy's actual fingerprints on the team has been very, very bad. So I get he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. But if you're going to ask me if I have confidence in this uh, hi- signing or hiring, uh, I don't from a win perspective. But from a player development perspective, maybe there's something there. Uh, if ultimately all we care about is getting the guys in the AHL to the NHL or making them look better for trade or whatnot, maybe this is the right hire. Even that feels like a stretch. I feel like I'm making excuses, which I shouldn't have to do. Uh, it just, it's a, it's almost, it's, it's a, not quite a head scratcher cause it's such a flyers thing to do with him, you know? And it's, it's kind of like a, why am I not surprised they hired this guy to do this? They've kept him around in some capacity. He's no longer being thrown under the bus for the PK scandals, you know, for like the last two years, he's just been a guy he has been around. They like, Hey, we like this guy. Now, boom, he's head coach. Like his time as assistant head coach didn't go well. <laughs> he was actually in charge of something. And now is the time as assistant to the assistant, I guess, because we have Yao and Terrian. Uh, he's the head coach of the Phantoms. Like, Jesus, man. Like, I, I don't know. I it, I really it's, have no words after all that. It's it's a very Flyers-ish hire. Um, that, that was pretty much spot on. And you wonder if may, maybe that uh, go between for the players and management, maybe they saw something there that led them to believe he would be a good coach because clearly, as you said, the, the PK results were not it. Um, so maybe there's something there. And ultimately for me, the Phantoms, it's a pipeline to the NHL and the Flyers. And if the Phantoms are a mediocre team, but you're producing solid NHL talent, that's what I care more about. So if, if Lappy can do that and maybe the results for the Phantoms overall aren't there, I'm cool with it. Just get because we're we're not here for the Phantoms to win championships. We're here for the Flyers to win the Stanley Cup. So if you can develop those guys and, and give them the tools they need to succeed in the NHL, then by all means, it, it could be a good hire. But based off what I've seen on the ice, I am skeptical. So the first thing that he's probably going to have to deal with, and it might not be a big deal. I'm hoping that – well, first off, what do you think the odds are that Alex Lyon is re-signed considering Fletcher said he would like him back? But when you look at the signings of Arison and Sandstrom and Ustaminko is still in there and they're all allegedly supposed to be moving up, uh, Ustaminko was out last year with the hip injury, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so he'll probably start an ECHL, which I know they <laughs> they I, – have you ever been to an ECHL game? No, but I would love to because it seems like it's probably uh, kind of ridiculous. Exactly. That is my yeah. point. 
I went to one Reading Royals game, and I got a puck too, which is awesome. Now I'm like, nice. I gotta get one, in, I gotta get a Phantoms Cup, a uh, puck rather, and I gotta get a Flyers puck because the odds of getting ECHL one when I only went to one game, I'm one for one. But like, it is the most hectic, chaotic hockey. It's like when we play, like, but worse because there's more, there's five on five. Like, there's the, there's no structure, and it's that's bad for a goalie. Like they, okay, I guess if they're really good, they can really shine, but they don't want that. They want to communicate with their defensemen. They want to get the puck out the right way. So I'm a little nervous for Yusimenko. I guess if he does, keep that in mind. If you see his stats later next year and they're not like gleaming, keep that in mind. It's a, it's a, it's a step up from beer league, man. Like I'm telling you, like, <laughs> step up. juniors is better. Like it, it is bad. Like it, it is rough. I mean, I'm not kidding. I went to one game and they were. It was like they were all over the place. It was. I, there was almost every pass. Pass was either not one was on the tape. I, I played with a guy. Racing. I played yeah. with a guy that played in the ECHL and his nickname was Killer. So that should tell you all you need to know. Jesus. <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. It's just keep that in mind what used to make it. But um, if uh, there's no trades, and when I say trades, it's a uh, Fletcher. I guess acquire, hopefully acquiring something we need, and a guy like Sandstrom and you, or even Ustamenko or Arison, hopefully not because he's the one I like the most right now besides Hart, um, to acquire somebody, then I can see them bringing Lion back. But right now, I think Sandstrom is in line to start with the Phantoms, and Arison makes sense to be in a backup in some capacity or or press even. And if Elliott's not back, you got to figure some other free agents coming in here. They're not moving one of these young goalies up. They're way too young for that. They're too inexperienced. So I can't see them carrying three goalies. And I don't think they want Arison and Ustaminko in the ECHL. So I think the first thing I would like, even if they do figure it out, I am curious to see how Lappy handles the goaltending tandem. Ultimately, he might just listen to what Fletcher and A.V. tell him. But right off the bat, that's one thing that he's going to have to manage. Um, and I guess, I guess we'll see how he does it. If, if, you know, I just hope he's not a, a hack stall where he just plays one guy for a month and a half straight. But, oh, know. God. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, Lyon is a – if you need to fill a spot and he's going to sign for that, let's just say, 750000 Sure, but I, I feel like you can. I, I'd be better off seeing what uh, Sandstrom or Ustamenko has, or bringing in some other guy that's a free agent. So, Lion to me is just a. If he's back, sure, great, whatever. If he's not back, same reaction. Right. Yeah, I would love him back because he's like the Neil Little of this generation. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I don't see a spot right now. If he is back, then. Hopefully we made some kind of significant trade where one of these other goalies were uh, a sweetener in some way, shape, or form. I exactly. would not be surprised if it's Sandstrom, if, if we do, if it goes that route, but who knows. Uh, all right, enough of that. Uh, let's let the speculation begin. It, that's all we really have to talk about here in fi- Flyerland. Um, although I think you all, if you do like Seth Jones, and that's who we're going to talk about, cheer for Colorado. Because if I think if they lose to Vegas – they, there's a chance Sackick tends to stick to his plan, but there's a there's a chance they may be pretty aggressive this offseason. And uh, Seth Jones has already um, 
inquired or let it be known. I think he's from the area. Or he is. Yeah. So and um, yeah, he might they might work something out. He can wind up there. Uh, but let's talk about the odds. He winds up a flyer. Seth Jones has let Columbus know that he will not be resigning. He has one year left. Columbus is going to move him, preferably this offseason. Um, I don't remember which if it were there was Elliot Freeman or whoever, but somebody put the Flyers name out there and they don't just they these guys don't do that unless they've actually heard something and heard it from a good source. So, uh, Steve, you're you're what do you think the odds are that Seth Jones is a flyer by the uh, start of next year? <sighs> That's tough because I think a guy like Seth Jones at a manageable cap hit for next year, there's going to be a lot of teams in on him. And you mentioned Colorado. I think they make a lot of sense. Um, I mean, the only the only reason I would go against that is they've got a lot of guys on defense um, that are coming up. You got Byram, uh, obviously McCarr. He's going to need to be re-signed. He's an RFA. But that's not outside the realm of possibilities for Sackick to do that, especially if they're looking towards the future and say, you know what, we're going to take Seth Jones for one year. Um, and if he doesn't resign with us, whatever. But that gives us the best chance to win in 2021, 2022. So I think they're a big player in it, especially if they don't make it out of the uh, playoff series with Vegas. But with the Flyers, I'm going to say I'm going to put the odds probably around 25 percent. I think Jones is the type of player they need. Um, he slots right in next to Proveroff on the top line. Um, you've got a guy that's a veteran of the league for, what, about eight years or so, and he's still he'll be 28, I believe, next year. So you still got some youth on your side. Um, my only question to that is going to be uh, the cap hit situation because you figure Seth Jones is going to get paid. Once that contract runs out next year, he's going to get a big ticket. He, you're probably looking at something in the eight and a half to nine million range over anywhere from four to seven years. Um, if he gets on a team that can give him eight, he'll be a little bit up in the years at the end of that deal. But um, that might be what he's looking for on the next team he moves to. Um, so I'm going to say it's about 25%, which to me is still pretty good odds sitting here on June 10th, um, considering nothing's really happened in the offseason. And there's going to be a lot of teams in on him. So I think they'll make every effort to get him. Um, ultimately, the price may be a little too high for them, but I still think they're going to make a, a hard a hard play for him. And as they should. Um, I think he is – he's almost like an, a better version, at least at this point in his career, and he's only going to be 26 or is 26, of uh, of Provorov. He eats just as many minutes. He'd be the only other guy on the Flyers who could do such a thing. Playing him with Provorov would be ideal if they don't acquire any more defense and splitting them up. I still think you're just improving your team tenfold. Um, a lot of the – and I'll get into it. For, as far as the – I, I would put it a little higher at this point. Uh, you're definitely right that I think if Columbus plays this properly, they'll get everybody involved. Uh, Colorado, Dallas, I even heard. Uh, that's more for ties for him. Ne- both Neither team, I don't think, make perfect sense. Flyers make perfect sense. Obviously, that's why, that's why it's being so highly speculated. Uh, I could see the Rangers being involved, but if I'm the Rangers, I'm looking at Eichel. Um, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a few other teams in there, but, um, they flyers, it's just, it's a match made in heaven. Um, I, I put it at probably, 
I'll say 35%. So not, you said what, okay. 25? 25, so, so yeah. So it's not, nothing crazy. It's still early. Once I need to hear more voices. Uh, the fact that when it was reported that he was going to not resign and the Flyers were almost in the same breath as that was telling. It was like, yeah, yeah. I would agree. And whether it's just somebody saying, yeah, their defense was really, really, really bad. <laughs> You know, that could be the case, but I don't think they go just based on that. We all know how bad the Flyers defense is. We don't need somebody on a pro- premium network telling us that he knows something. Something's being said. Uh, if They should already be talking, honestly. Um, so if they are, what do you think the cost could be? I'm going to say for Seth Jones, you're looking at a minimum of Sanheim or Myers depending on um, Columbus's preference. Um, Myers might be the the player they would pick based on him being signed for 2021 and 2022, um, but that's just speculation. Um, I don't think they would look at ghosts. Uh, I'm guessing you're probably put, putting TK in that deal, um, given the problem Columbus seems to be having in retaining and signing high-end free agents. Um, so TK, let's just say Sanheim or Myers, a first-round pick. I think you're probably also looking at maybe a second in the future. Um, that opens the door, and, and you're probably giving up maybe a prospect, not not one of your premium prospects, but you're probably giving up someone that they like as potential um, that has a little bit more of a bus factor, but I think that's kind of what you're looking at. It's not going to be cheap um, given the contract situation, uh, but you're still going to have to pony up quite a bit. See, I think, I think, and this is contingent on Seth Jones re-signing with Philly. This is yeah. not something I think we, the Flyers, maybe Colorado, but we give up for a one-year deal. It's got to be part of the deal, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, TK, uh, either Sandheim or Myers. Myers. They, I think they ask for Sandheim. Um, I hope we would rather tr- trade Myers. That's my personal opinion. Um, first round pick for sure, which is the 13th pick, which isn't too shabby. Uh, and then if you want to go high end prospect, there's Morgan Frost. Uh, I think that's a lot. Um, I would hope that I don't know where they're at with their goalies right now. Do you think they are a believer in Elvis or uh, Corpusalo as long term? Or do you think they were flashes in the pan? Or do you think they want to throw another guy in the mix? Maybe this is where Sandstrom could be a, a sweetener. Or am I just uh, wishful thinking? I think that's wishful thinking. To me, they're probably comfortable enough with those guys. And they have uh, that other guy with the long name. I can't think of it. Uh, uh, K- Kivlevins. Kivlevins, Matthias Kivlevins, I think that's his name. Um, to me, their their goalie situation is good enough that they can let that that play out and see what happens. But yeah, I could see them going after a Frost, and maybe the Flyers relinquish him. Um, at this point, he, it's hard to say. I, I still believe he's got some talent. He's still only 22. They may not want to give up on him. Maybe giving Frost pushes the say first round pick back a year or changes the value of another pick you have to throw in. Um, but if you can acquire Seth Jones, that fixes a lot of what ails you in the season. You yeah, can always add, you can always add another player that you can put on the wing and replace TK. But 
adding Seth Jones is hard to to pass up. Yeah, it, it would. Um, uh, it, I would get over it if it was if it was exactly. Yeah, That's I a mean, good point. Now, one thing to keep in mind: say they they do do this trade. Columbus comes back into the division. Now you're looking at my, we'll, we'll say Myers, Myers, Konechny, Frost, whoever they take with that pick. There's in your division. You're playing them an awful lot. Fourth Seth Jones though, and what I saw last year, still worth it. Uh, maybe it's not Frost. Maybe they can get away with a a Rubstoff or a, a Radcliffe or somebody maybe a, a notch above those names, but still not a. Uh, a frost or a forest or you know somewhere in between they're not giving up way to allison they, they saw too much of what they need on this scene with him so and i doubt they go wait uh, zade wisdom or something because he again is in the same uh, mold of that player so i'm trying to think of a prospect that fits uh, it's more not- of a, just to uh, it's more of a guy with the boomer bus factor you're right. you're not looking at your guys that you think are bona fide how about, NHLers. How about Bobby Brink? Yeah, I, I'd be okay with that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Brink. I but I don't I don't necessarily want to give him up. But if they said we'll take Brink in, as opposed to Morgan Frost, I, I'd rather take Frost and see what he can do. So you heard it here for first. First, folks. So when the Flyers trade for Seth Jones and resign <laughs> him to a seven-year deal, um. And they give up T.K. Myers, a first-round pick in the 2021 draft. Maybe it'll happen after the draft. That'd be fun. Uh, and Bobby Brink. Then you'll know. You heard it here first, and we nailed it right on the head. Uh, so just to get into it, like how do we feel about Seth Jones' fit? You know that the both of us like it. However, a large majority of the analytical crowd are saying no. No, he has actually been bad the last uh, year and a half to two years. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on that whole uh, argument? I mean, I get it. The Some of the stats aren't as pretty. But this year, the the Columbus team was, was pretty bad. Um, they just weren't – I think they tuned out Tortorella. Um, it, I don't think they necessarily had enough to play, especially in that division. You were playing against some heavyweights in Tampa. Um and Carolina, and even Nashville came on late. But, like, I think he Tortorella lost the room, and I think that whole team was just kind of a mess this year. So I'm not really going to base it on too much. Like, when I watch Seth Jones, Seth Jones play, my eyes tell me he's a great defenseman. I don't need to look at analytics and go down that deep. When I watch him, I know what I'm getting from him. He's a, he's a big physical defenseman that can skate well, block shots, hits guys. Um, he – He's good on the power play. He's good on the penalty kill. Um, he can score. He can pass. So to me, that's I've seen all I need to see. If I'm looking at a middle of the road guy, and analytics tell a different story, all right, then I'll I'll take that more into account. But to me, Seth Jones is a, a top pairing defenseman, and he can play in all situations. He eats up minutes, and he's the perfect type of complement to Provorov. Uh, if you, Provorov wants to go up in the play, you got Seth Jones back. That works. If Seth Jones goes up in the play, you've got Provorov, Provorov back, and that works. So uh, analytics in this case, I, I I don't really put much stock into it because my eyes tell me a different story. He's also a top pairing right-handed defenseman. Checks exactly. all the boxes. I mean, 
there was an article by Charlie O'Connor, who we know is an analytical guy, but even he's tried to see the other side of it. And a lot of what Seth Jones is good at, and he did admit, like Columbus was bad this year. And it's only so much one defenseman can do. And when Columbus or uh, when Seth Jones first came to Columbus in the Ryan Johansson swap, uh, that team immediately got better on defense, like immediately. And his his partner at the time was like Ryan Murray. It then became Zach Wierenski, and they became like a force. So like, let's be real here. He's a he's a good defenseman. He makes his team better. Um, is he going to be a top point producer? Not like some of these other guys. Not like Dougie Hamilton. But he still does what this team needs. They don't need more um, point producers. They, they don't need more ghost-type players. They need more guys who actually know how to play defense. Um, and, and then on top of that, I think he's been tagged as – I don't maybe overrated, people say. Um, so was Roman Yossi for years. <laughs> You know, like seriously, like there's a reason Roman Yossi was only making like four and a quarter for like a long time. That's because a lot of people thought he was overrated. Um, I think maybe the hopefully the Flyers could use this to their advantage to acquire him at maybe a cheaper cost. Probably not simply for the pitting teams against each other. But maybe when it comes to a contract or something, hopefully they could use it to their advantage. Probably not. But I'm not fooled by this. I don't believe in analytics like that. They're a good tool. My eyes tell me the same thing they tell you. He's a good defenseman. He was playing on a very bad team that's had talent just every year. They just lose more and more. They're barely hanging on. They get put in that heavyweight division. They couldn't hang. Shocker. Even Dallas couldn't hang. Dallas was in the cup last year. Like, I mean, that should be telling. You know, I mean, look how good Carolina and Tampa are. Like, geez. And as you said, Nashville had this surge. And Florida turned things around. Florida, too, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to be fooled by this and think that, oh, Seth Jones actually sucks. He's secretly a bad defenseman. Give me a break. And one of the best things Seth Jones does that this team is probably the worst at is getting the puck out of our zone. And that is huge. You know, yep. and not just dumping, not hagging it. Like, it's actually like <laughs> passing out of the zone, zone exits, how you're supposed to do it. Huge for this team. Huge. If you don't want Seth Jones. I, I don't know. I don't. You just you just you like where we're at, I guess. <laughs> you believe in Myers and Sandheim turning it, and they, I think they could, but you know, turning it around. We don't need any outside help, and you're probably a Carter Carter Hart hater too. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll move on from Seth Jones. The other big name, obviously, is Dougie Hamilton. Before we get into that, loved his quote, um, even though he kind of played it off like he was like it wasn't a big deal. Uh, it was more of a pat on the back to his own team. He said we lost to an $18 million over-the-cap team. He is not wrong. Um, the point of bringing this up is he kind of said it like, hey, I'm not saying that that's illegal. I'm saying this team was that good, and I get that. Um, they did lose to a very good team. They had a very good season, uh, Carolina. Uh, but the league might address this at the next owner's meeting, how Tampa circumvented the cap. As you know, that's music to my ears because I complained about this at the season start, uh, and they are. I mean, it's not their fault. I don't think Tampa should be punished. I think the rules need to be changed in some way, shape, or form. 
Um, you can't have like these juggernauts coming into the playoffs and Tampa Bay's response was what you'd expect at first very like, Hey, we didn't break any rules. That's fine. No issues there. They just had to keep talking and they're like $18 million is kind of misleading. Uh, we uh, didn't have this player for the majority of the season or the whole season for that matter. That's correct. We know that you, everybody across the board knows how good this team was. And that's a credit to them that they could have a team that would make the playoffs without one of the best players in the world. However, the playoffs are worth more, so much more than the regular season that having a, not only fresh, keep that in mind, he's not battered going into this playoffs. He's completely fresh. He's completely healthy. And they are just $18 million over the cap with Stamkos and Kucherov that they are just, they're just destroying these teams. And uh, you get two wins against this team is considered a good showing, a good, but it's not like it's a tied series. You are like what they did to Florida. They take two, they lose one. They take one, they lose one, they finish them off. Carolina, I think they were tied at Carolina 1.22, and then Tampa Bay just said, yeah, we're done. They were actually down four to two. Steve, we saw this game. Oh, that was wild. Before the end of the third, second period, it was five to four. It within a matter of eight minutes or less, and then they added one more and, and finished them off. And they're, they're just too good. Do you think that the owners will – or the league will address this at the owners' meeting? Will anything come of this? I I know we talked about this on Full Circle before the season and when they were making the trades basically for guys, guys on LTIR. I think in some way they might, but it, it's such a tough thing to crack down on because, like, what do you do? You say Kucherov has to be on your roster – on the last day of the regular season, like you have to be anybody that's on the active roster. It, it has to be cap compliant. Like there's a lot of moving parts with this. Cause I was, I was thinking about this the other day when I saw the, the Dougie quote and it, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, is it fair? Probably not. I mean, if they're a team that's like, let's say you you had Kucherov on the flyers and he's missing the entire season. Well, that into, it, totally changes the, the season for the Flyers because Kucherov would be an uh, integral part of it. But you take him off Tampa Bay, uh, it's not so bad. You got Hedman, Stamkos, Point, Palat, Vasilevsky, one of the best goalies in the world. So losing him for Tampa Bay is a little bit different. I think in most cases it would even itself out. Tampa is one of those rare cases where you, you they're so good without him you can coast through the regular season. You know you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, is it more indicative of the NHL having so many teams making the playoffs where you can sit your best player for the entire season? Or is it cap gymnastics from the lightning? I mean, there, there's a couple ways to look at it. I'm not exactly thrilled with the way they did it because you are $18 million over the cap if you're playing in the regular season. But I think there's some give and take on both sides um, I, to me, this is one of those things that as the years go on, these situations are few and far between where you can be missing an entire a player for an entire season and not really have it affect you. Um, Tampa is just that case where you have a bunch of guys still making the right amount of money that you can fit them in. Um, and they're going to have to figure it out after after this year. So I think it'll end up biting them if they can get another cup out of it. Who cares? Um, but I, I think the league may address it indirectly, like uh, maybe we don't want to do that anymore. Um, but I'm not sure that they'll have a, a true way to crack down on. 
Yeah, and it, that's why I wish they would have stopped talking with the $18 million as misleading. Come on. Are we stupid here? You know your team. The whole league knows your team. Not to mention what we're not talking about is a lot of players who do sign in Florida, they sign below the average or what they, they're projected to get because there's no, the state tax there is so different. It's so cheap there compared to anywhere else. That's why um, – Oh God, who's the other stud they have there? So Braden Point is yeah, making point. less than seven million dollars. He's at like six, seven, five for like three more years. That's why he's at that number because he's really he's raking in almost every cent, you know. So you're doing that with your Florida State tax and you're doing this. Come on, we're not stupid. You want to pretend like we're stupid? We didn't break any rules. I can't get around that. That's what rules are for, you know. <laughs> Fine. But to say it's misleading, you knew exactly what you were doing. Otherwise, Kucherov would have got surgery the second the season ended last year, not two days before the season started. Like, come on, we're not stupid. But hey, if the NHL doesn't do anything about it, it's not Tampa's fault. So they got to do what they they got to do, and I don't blame them. Okay. So let's let's um let's get into Dougie Hamilton here. Uh, do you, first off, do you even think he'll be a free agent? Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to resign in Carolina. I think he's going to test the market and and go for his payday. And if I look at him versus Seth Jones, my my I think they're really similar. Dougie, I think, gets a bad rap because he's so good offensively. I think he gets a bad rap defensively. But to me, he's actually a little bit better than people realize on the back end. And if I'm weighing the two and all I have to do is give up money, I would prefer Hamilton to Jones. Now, if it's all things being equal in a vacuum, I might lean Jones for his all around game. Um, a little bit more physical. I think he's a tad more defensive, but if I'm talking Dougie Hamilton for money or Seth Jones for, let's say TK Myers, first round pick and a prospect and, and the contract, I'm, I'm going to lean Hamilton there. Both right shots, both are, can play on the power play um, big guys skate well, uh, similar ages. So, so to me, Hamilton, I think becomes a free agent and I think he wants to cash in. So you're looking at probably five times eight or nine to get him on your team. Uh, yeah. And I would do it. Honestly, I would, um, I was going to ask you the cost and that, that was it right there. Sounds like you think Dougie's going to tell Carolina who we know is cheap. Uh, and their biggest free agent in their eyes is probably Rob Brittimore right now. And from what I heard, they got a deal in place, and they're just waiting to announce it, um, which is a smart move. But how important is Dougie Hamilton to that Carolina defense? Um, is he the Seth – or uh, Seth. Is he the um, Shea Weber to that defense as Shea Weber was in Nashville? Or is it really just a a combined unit and he just happens to be the best player? I think it's a combined unit. I really think they play well as a, a, a really good team game. Um, I think having him certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, it's hard to get a guy like him. He'll shoot from wherever, um, skates well. But I think they have a pretty decent back end that if they lose him, it's not going to fall apart. Uh, like, could they get? Uh, could they re-sign him? They probably could. They're, they don't have a ton of commitments, but I, I think – Unless they overpay him, maybe give him an eighth year. I just think he's the type of guy that, that's going to want to test the market. I, I think he's been making, I'll say, relatively under market value for what he brings, at least points wise. 
And this is probably his last chance to cash in on a big free agent deal. So uh, if I'm him, uh, I'm looking at it like I'm going to try and go to a, a, a solid team and I'm going to get paid. And could it happen in Carolina? Sure. But I think he's going to test the market one way or the other. They would have Sebastian Ajo at eight and change, whatever he's making. Dougie Hamilton at eight or nine in change. And I, they still need to address goaltending unless they really like their young kid. Um, and they have a lot of other players signed. I, I don't know if I see Carolina doing that. Plus, they're not like a cap team like the Flyers. They're not looking at a cap wise. They're looking at actual monies, dollars and cents. Yep. And they're about to give Brendan Moore a big, you know, allegedly a big. Uh, pay raise. And on top of all that, Tom Waddell is still the president and GM. You're supposed to have <laughs> one job. So that means that's another person you're paying to do one or the other job. So I, I don't know. I, I think he will be a free agent. Sounds like if I'm Dougie and I see the Flyers woes, if not, you're also def- defense, you're a premium asset anyway. Even with the flat cap, it might it, may, it just makes more sense to test free agency. Uh, yeah. We'll see if he does it, if the Flyers come away with Dougie. What if he's the only player they come away with? The only change this team makes is they – JVR goes to Seattle. They sign Dougie Hamilton, and they say they move some, some little things around to make the numbers work cap-wise or like no room to do anything, maybe a lesser backup goalie. Somehow that's their team. Where do you sit with that? If I'm adding a guy like Dougie Hamilton, I'm not going to be mad. Uh, I, I think there's a couple other moves they need to make. But if if you're saying that's my only move, I, I'm okay with it. I, I think this team, I say this with a bit of caution. I think this team was better than what we saw. Uh, I think they were a circumstance of everything kind of going wrong and snowballing i i think they're in between what we saw two years ago when we had the COVID stoppage and this year so you give me let's say similar stability by replacing truly replacing matt niskanen and give me a true top two pairing um you hope you get a step forward of sandheim and myers to me that is it perfect no but i'd be okay with it yeah, I mean, it'd be a, st- a big step in the right direction. I just I worry about the core of this team, um, and it kind of it's not you know I didn't really ask you to rebuild the team for me, but they got to <laughs> do a lot, and that's the whole point of all this speculation. Um, I agree. They still they they have work to do regardless. But if you're saying Dougie Hamilton and that's it, or a bunch of little pieces, to me Dougie Hamilton's going to be more impactful. So what if they manage to get Seattle to take Jake, right? They acquire Seth Jones and re-sign him, and they sign Dougie Hamilton. What are the odds of that? Mm, better uh, zero. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the money. The money wouldn't work because you're looking at too much money for Jones, Hamilton, and Provorov. I just don't see how you're fitting both of those guys in your lineup. I guess if, if JVR goes and you do trade Konechny, you could make it work. But I think you're you're going to be hurting on the front end if you if you do that. Although, that would be a nice nice defensive core. Who else carries – who plays with them? If it were Jake that were taking, not JVR, because the way I look at it is he's got – Jake's got, what, four years left on that deal and yeah. eight change? You'd essentially be paying one of these defensemen that money. That's, That's already true. a plus. 
That's true. I mean, because it's money well spent. You know, you let guys like Farabee step up. Hayes needs to come back stronger. And I think with that defense, he could. Uh, your Coots and G are about to, their deals are in one year are going to come up. Mm-hmm. I think you can bring back G cheap. Coots, you're going to have to pay for a little bit, but maybe those mm-hmm. salaries just kind of swap in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not perfect. It's a good uh, point. But by that point, JVR's got a year left, maybe. Like you got seven mil coming off the coming off the books. Um, you don't have to pay TK. He's gone. You don't have to pay Sandheim or Myers, one or the other. They're gone. Um, you know, suddenly you got some young guys coming up like Cam York, um, maybe even Forrester at that point. Um, I, I don't know what other moves you make, really. But, um, you know, that I mean – it sounds crazy when I say it, but even Carter Hart's not going to make much on his re-sign with the season he just had. Patrick's not going to make anything if he's even still here. We will get to that later. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when the flat cap does end, and Martinez told us this, there's going to be a rise in the cap as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a bold, 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 bold mood. I, I get it. I know. I get it. But come on. Let, let, why not? Let's live like Red Schneider for just a second. I just hate it. Let's go back to the 90s for just a second. So, just Last thing I'll say on that. Last yeah. thing I say is if you can move Ghost, I think you can do it. I think they, I think they could. I think right. eventually. Right. Maybe not this offseason, but I think they could eventually. And that's another big name. Uh, that need, well, big cap that needs to be moved. I think that's that's possible. And you're not paying any of your own guys much more because outside of what Farabee, because nobody did anything. I so, don't hate it. I don't hate I, it. This is why this offseason is so pivotal. It starts with the expansion draft i really mm-hmm. if they don't make any trades which is understandable up into the expansion draft and they get them i think they're going to take jvr maybe ghost if they get them to take jake that's step one mm-hmm. you go to the draft they better not draft that 13th pick that better be used in a deal that's step two and then we either have one of the defensemen at that point we're not even at free agency yet we've cleared up a lot of cap or we we, we moved or we um what would i say we took it from Jake and gave it to the defenseman. <laughs> there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then you could still wheel and deal. I mean, if you really need to make some room, you can wheel and deal. So, I don't know. Maybe Noel Patrick still gets you some kind of relief or help or whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> it's, it's, let's move on. A um, couple other names out there. Uh, Matias Eckholm was definitely a name we talked about up at the trade deadline it looked like they were really in talk some of the proposed deals made me realize it wasn't going to happen because they were so ridiculous like in ghost was involved i was like there's no way um ellis ryan ellis is the name everybody wanted he was injured but he's got a long-term contract at a reasonable deal we would love him back there do you think either of these guys are possible with nashville's uh you know playoff performance I think Ekholm is uh, he he's, he wears the A for them, so they may be a little reluctant to trade him, especially with Yossi and Ellis making a lot of money. I, I think Ellis is a pipe dream. I like him, but at 30 and and he's still got I think six years left on his deal. I don't know how much you want to acquire him. I think he plays a lot of tough minutes. He's a guy to me that as he gets a little bit older, I think he might slow down. I love the talent. I just think those minutes are going to catch up to him. Um, at home, I would love, and if he's your fallback option to me, he's, he slots right in. Like if you, now, if you could say, take your scenario and drop it down a little bit, you end up signing Hamilton and trade for Ekholm. Now we're talking because you just added another piece that's like that. And I don't think he's going to get paid quite the same way Seth Jones is, but I think he can have a, a really solid impact. So you, or, uh, you see, uh, Ellis to me is, is, 
probably not going to happen. Ekholm, I think, is there's definitely an outside chance of it. And if you could move some money around, I think he'd be a good addition. I just don't know if Nashville's going to want to end up moving him um, with such a reasonable contract. And then you got Duchesne and Johansson making so much money. You, you need those kind of guys on your team to kind of even out that cap. Yeah, that's true. I just, if they, in this, we thought they were going to a full rebuild. Or yeah. Maybe not full, but something of it. And they just made the playoffs. So it's like, I don't know what they're going to do now. So, you know, and I agree with you. If, if some kind of combination of my acquiring two defensemen, because everybody, I, every outlet I hear is always just one guy. That's it. They're either getting Jones, they're getting Hamilton, they're getting one guy. That's it. And I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> we're moving all these guys in a trade. And if they were to sign Hamilton I, and they got Jake to go to Seattle or let's say it's JVR, I still think they should make a, a big move. They should still trade a bunch of guys, and whether it's for another defenseman or another like legit forward or whatever, whatever's out there, because there should be a lot of moving and shaking in this offseason, especially. You know, like these guys got to be available and they got to be options. And I like what you said about Alcom. He sounds like he would be the better option of the two. And it sounds like it is possible. I guess the final question is, what would it cost? What do you think the Flyers would have to give up to get him? Uh, I'm thinking you're probably looking at a first round pick, especially for this team. I don't know that they necessarily would want to take on money with some of the long term deals they have. Maybe you can flip them ghost. Uh, I doubt it. But you're probably looking at a first round pick, maybe a third. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. If 13 probably gets the conversation going and you, you can probably make a deal with that, um, a 22 first, I, I think they'd probably be interested. Um, but you'd probably have to throw in a little bit more on top. I, I think for them, you're looking more at picks and maybe young controllable prospects. Uh, but they, they definitely need some relief on the salary cap side of it. Yeah. And that could, that could be tough, but I think doable. Um, a couple of trade targets I have here. The first one that we always talk about is the Flames. Monaghan, Gaudreau, do you see anything we've always talked about? So I figured I'd just throw it out here. Do you see any potential that either of these guys winds up with the Flyers next year? I don't. I think that's – Gaudreau, I think, is uh, connecting the dots because he's from here. I, I just have a hard time seeing them add him. I mean, Gaudreau – He's a great player. I don't know if he's as good as people make him out to be. I love watching him play. I love him on the ice. But is he really what this team needs? And going into, I guess, his age 28 season, he's going to need a new contract after next year. I don't know, man. Like, There's just something about him that gives me a reservation. Now, if you got him at a trade deadline and you're going for a cup run with him, different story. But if I'm psyched, trading for him as a long-term piece. I just don't know. I have a little bit of hesitation there. Monahan, I really like. I, I think he's a he's a solid player. But again, at that contract number, I, I just have a hard time giving up probably what it's going to cost you. Like, are you any better with Sean Monahan as opposed to, say, Travis Konechny? Eh, maybe a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're kind of just splitting hairs there. So that, that feels more like making a trade just to make a trade. But if you add Monahan and you don't really divest from core pieces, that, then I'm okay with it. Uh, I just think that the Flames are going to want more in return for a guy like that. A more, more immediately impactful player, I should say. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think you're right about Kadron connecting, connecting the dots. The only thing is it does sound like 
One, if not both, are definitely not going to be Flames next year. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Goudreau somehow popped up in a Devils uniform. I just I don't uh, know. That wouldn't make sense. I'm in the area still. You could see it. I don't know. I've heard Florida as well, but again, I don't know. Um, they're always being talked about. Figured I'd throw it out there. As another team always connected with the Flyers, Toronto Maple Leafs, um, they have a lot. We have a lot. We've never made a deal outside of when we got screwed with the Luke Shen move. Um, uh, I got a projected trade here. Prepare to either love it or hate it or laugh it off. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where I found it. I'm just going to throw it out there. TK, Sandheim, a first, a prospect, doesn't say which, for Nylander, Zach Hyman, and Jake Muzzin. So just right off the bat, who wins that deal? Understanding that there is no name for that prospect. That's tough. I, I mean, I don't hate it. Hyman is going to be a free agent after this year, so you, I guess, be getting his rights. Um, and let's say you're signing him to, I don't know, three-ish million for a couple of years. I like Nylander. I think he's the type of player you need. But he plays with so many good players around him. I worry about him changing the talent that he plays with and is he that same player Uh, to me he's elevated somewhat because of who he plays with i'm not saying he's not a great player already but i think some of the players around him elevate his game and i don't know that if you change out austin matthews or john Tavares with claude Giroux, you're getting the same results now couturier i don't know if he's quite on that level but i still think he's a great player i think he would help him it feels like you're just moving money around like Muzzin decent player. Um, I love Nylander, but I don't know. I kind of, I'm hesitant on that one. Does it come down to the prospect for you? Like if it's Morgan Frost, no, but if it's yes, probably I I think I would, because I, I think the upgrade, yeah, I guess the upgrade you're getting in Nylander over TK you're you're probably making out in the end. You, you're taking on more money with Muzzin, but I, yeah, I, I would do that if, if you're if you're telling me it's a let's say a B type of prospect, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't think it happens simply because I don't understand it from Toronto's perspective. Yeah, um, I don't really get that for them, but I, they need to shed money. That would they, be the only thing. They do, but they do. Sandheim is coming. What's Nylander making? Six point nine. Six nine, yeah. And uh, TK's making five. Five five. What? five five. So it's it's a little relief there. Sanheim's gonna need a new deal soon. Hyman, I I feel like they I don't know what Muzzin makes, but I know Hyman's coming up like you said. Um, Muzzin is five six two five, and he'll be three like more a, years. The him and TK are like a you know wash. wash. Um, Nylander, mind you, was I mean I know this is a little. You know, I'm, I'm being that guy, but he was their best player in the playoffs. He, he really was. Uh, you know, and to acquire a, a first and a prospect, I, they're in win now. I, I, you know, I mean, they're probably going to let Thornton and Simmons go because they didn't. They just looked like older players in the playoffs. Like maybe the regular season they had that. Uh, if honestly, the best old guy for them was Spezza. He looked he looked the the best out of all the older guys. Um, you know they're gonna go with Campbell. Is he? He's still. He's not a free agent yet, right? Campbell, I don't think so. Yeah, so they're gonna. Let's they're see. gonna. They Campbell's got one, one more year. 
Okay, so he's probably going to get a raise next year, um, depending on how he plays, obviously, although I like what I've seen. Um, Tough one, man. That's a, that's a, it feels like the Leafs shedding salary for on one hand, but still not necessarily making your team that much worse. Not, yeah, not, and, not worse in the sense that you're just straight up losing Nylander and Muzzin and, and Hyman. At least you're getting something back to fill that void. Right. And I, I, I kind of like Muzzin in the Niskanen sense, you know, not like he, he's not a Seth Jones or a Hamilton in any way. He's just a, a calm. He's like a real defenseman. I guess that's the way I look at it. Like we, the Flyers don't have any of those right. guys. But this this deal is just originally in the deal I had the Flyers also acquiring Frederick Anderson and retaining salary. And I had to look it up. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. That don't make sense. Yep. So, yeah, this is a uh, I'm not telling you where I found this because it uh, won't happen. Interesting. Uh, probably make fun of me where I found it. So, um, but it was fun. Uh, what you thinking? Other, yeah, I mean, you know, you had us go and scratch our heads a little bit, uh, but ultimately, I think we both land on new. Um, other potential targets: Bobby Ryan potentially. I heard Detroit, but um, there's a Hall of Fame hockey writer I listen to all the time, and of course, is Kevin Allen. Kevin Allen, formerly of USA Today, he's a big Detroit guy. He said on Hockey Buzz. Yesterday? Was it yesterday or today? I think it was yesterday. Um, that it sounds like Detroit's going to go with the young guy, so he most likely will not be back with Detroit. He's from the area, one-year deal potentially. If we if we trade a lot of guys, if we do really do make a lot of moving, could you see the Flyers adding him on a one-year, you know, league minimum or maybe a million dollar, million and a half dollar uh, contract? Yeah, I kind of thought the Flyers would be in the running for him. He signed on the first day of free agency, which kind of surprised me with Detroit. The first player. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that one really surprised me. I, I could see there being interest, especially to fill a bottom six role as a, a winger that maybe can score some for you. I'd be okay with it. Um, he got hurt this year, but he was having a, a halfway decent year um, on a team that was just brutal. Um, so, yeah, give me uh, – I'm fine with that. Give him a million and a half, have him slot in on the third line, and I don't think you're any worse for that. Yeah, no, one-year deal, I'm all about it. Uh, Alex Goligoski with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. This was a name that none of us were talking about, but apparently people those close to the Flyers, they were inquiring about. A little more of the offensive side, if you ask me, not exactly what we need. Do you think they still go down that uh, – go back to that well? If they miss out on everyone, maybe. Um, but I, I think he's a little past what you really want in that guy. I don't know if he's the same defenseman as we're used to seeing. Uh, he's getting up there in age, so I'd be okay with it as a fallback option, but he's not a guy I'm pursuing on uh, day one or day two or anything like that. I'm just not interested unless we make so many moves that we need more offense on our D, which I don't see happening. Yeah. Um, and finally, the last one. This one was discussed on our Jason Martita show, dropped by Jason Martita without us even asking. And he said the people he knows within the Flyers organization did mention this name. That is from Sewell, New Jersey, which is right around the corner from Philly. Anthony D'Angelo, we know the fiasco that happened with the New York Rangers. Could you see them bringing him in? Obviously, he's going to get bought out, so you're not picking up that contract. Uh, One-year deal, league minimum, if not close to it, no more than a mil. Last chance kind of opportunity contract, last chance in the NHL. Kind of, you could drop him at any chance. You can just cut him. If he's that guy again, you just let him go. No harm, no foul. 
And as I stated, he's from the area, so the Flyers pop up, and the Flyers have discussed him internally, it seems. And obviously, this isn't to fix your defense. This is just just to add, just to add some t- potential talent to your your um, your bottom six or um, your your bottom pairings, I should say. Just your thoughts on uh, Tony D. Uh, to me, if if you're in a position where you can cut him at any mishap and you're not on the hook for him, if if something were to go wrong in the dressing room or uh, kind of like what happened with the Rangers where they had to basically send him down to the taxi squad and, and eat that money, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, it's hard to find a guy like him in the NHL. Um, if he can keep his head on straight, and he's on your third pair, probably playing second power play. I'm totally fine with it. Like, is he the greatest guy in the world? It doesn't seem like it. But if he can play hockey, that's all I care about. And if he's not a cancer in the locker room, if you have enough veteran guys around um, and you can kind of keep him in line and, and make sure he's doing the right things around the team and, and away from the team. Yeah, give me a flyer on the guy. As long as I'm not tied to him long term and can get get out at any time if, if he does kind of revert back to what we've seen. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a flyer on a guy like that all day. It was um, refreshing to hear that. I felt like I was the only one who felt that way. Um, uh, everybody came out with the, I don't want that attitude and that in my locker room. And, that, 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 and I get that. But. I just don't see the Flyers as a team who can pick and choose where they get their talent from. Exactly. Like, we're not that team. We're not the one who can just, you know, bite our, you know, bite our thumbs at players like that. We need to get all the talent we can. And if you're getting a guy who you saw how he played last year of that and I get it, he's it's more on offensive. He's he's more balanced than you realize. Um and if he realizes he's on a last chance contract and he gets to play with the team he grew up cheering for, if anything's going to, you know, change a guy, even if it's short term, that's it. You know, that is it. And if things go wrong, you can push the dump button and you're done. Like, I don't I'm not on any moral grounds with these flyers. I'm done getting embarrassed. That's what I'm done. And I'm talking about the scoreboard. I'm not talking about the locker room or whatever he does outside of life. I could give a I could give a damn about his political views. Seriously, I do not care. I don't care. I the only thing that matters to... is on the ice, and, and I'm with you. It, the the locker room thing, yeah, you don't want a cancer in the locker room, but you're not bringing him in to be a a, a voice in the locker room. Um, you need the core guys, the Profroffs, the Hayes. The, the G's, Couturier's, you need those guys to set the tone in the locker room, and Anthony D'Angelo should be there to follow that tone. Um, if he's coming in there trying to be the voice in the locker room, yeah, it's not going to work out. But if you're if you're acquiring him, that's the first thing you say to him. You're, you're here to fit into our locker room. We're not here to fit into you. And if, if that's abundantly clear from the beginning, and, and he knows this is the last chance, as you said, if he, if he blows it, then it's on him, and you just cut ties, no harm, no foul. And if he works out, then you've just got a, a huge piece in your lineup that you basically got for next to nothing, and you're just paying him some money. Yeah, it, and it, he's got no bargaining chip. Yeah, you know, he's just exactly. take it or leave it. You know, and if he doesn't take it, then you move on. It's not a you know if if we actually do what the Flyers should do, and make a flurry of trades, big and small, like two to three big ones, which is three is a little out there, but you never know. And a couple of little mover and shakers here. Dip into free agency, see what's out there. And when the dust settles and this team has got rid of some dead weight, reallocated that money into better players, particularly on defense, 
have some younger guys fill in some of the older, uh, I'm sorry, some of the uh, forward spots like Wade Allison gets more uh, more time, Joel Farabee gets more time, you know, Couture is going to be healthy, guys of that nature step up, Lawton even, um, your defense is now studs, you know, maybe your top of your defense, your first pairing, maybe even your second pairing is formidable, um, your backup goalie is more of a 1B and not just a straight backup who, when he plays more than like five games, he gets tired and isn't as effective. Um, you know, and then you tell me on top of all that, you add a guy like this for next to nothing. And if it goes wrong, you can cut him. Uh, no, you do that. Every team would do that. Like we're not sitting here. We're, we're better than this. Cause we're not, we're not, we're exactly. not a team that's better. that can say, we, we don't need him. We can pass him. No, we're not. We're done missing the playoffs. We're done getting embarrassed, losing to our rivals, nine, nothing, eight to three. We're done with that. Not to mention this guy would have one hell of an ax to grind with the New York Rangers. It'd be nice. As long as he's not an idiot. You know, because I can see that being I can see that being a thing, too. But um, if they really make a lot of moves and it, like I said, the dust settles and he's sitting out there trying to get a contract and we got the cap space. <laughs> come on. It's, it's a no brainer. Um, Sign me up. Yeah. So it's good. They're already talking about it. They got to do all the other stuff first. They can't. This can't be like exactly. the first move they make. That's the one thing I will say. That's like the first thing they do. Go. Oh, yeah. They know that we're, <laughs> we're gonna trying to move people. Yeah. So yeah, they got they got to do a lot more before this is even brought up. All right. The last thing I wanted to talk about on this show is um, Nolan Patrick has uh, our buddy. He's got his third agent in three years. That's already been reported, but. On the Snow the Goalie podcast, I have a quote from Anthony Sanfilippo, friend of the pod. Quote, the reason Nolan Patrick switched agents is because he is going to request a trade. Nolan Patrick does not want to be here anymore. He doesn't like the criticism that comes with that – I'm sorry, that that he's facing. He doesn't want like the spotlight on him. That's on him. He doesn't like the coach at all. I don't think Nolan Patrick wants to be here. End quote. Your thoughts. I have two words. See ya. <laughs> if you don't want to be here, get out. And the hockey player mentality to me is that's like the anti mentality that I want in a hockey player. Um, you should be able to strap it up. It doesn't matter what market you're in. You're, you're playing the game of hockey. And that was kind of one of the knocks on him coming out was, does he really love hockey? And we heard some things through the grapevine that maybe he he was lukewarm on playing hockey for it, for the rest of his career. It, to me, it's just simply he's he's done. Uh, I don't see him coming back. I don't see this relationship being mended. And quite frankly, that type of statement, I I don't want him. Uh, I I really was hoping to see the best out of him. Um, I was hoping this year he came back better, but. If that's your attitude, you're not going to succeed here anyway. So, see ya. Yeah, I mean, what a bitch. Like, I tried <laughs> not to curse, but like, oh my god, I seriously, seriously, like, hate him. Like, oh my, what you, a. You bust. said it. You said it. I was thinking it. Yeah, I mean, what a bust, man. This sucks. You know, we jump from 13 to two, and this is the clown we get. It's we're gonna look back on this draft. And you're gonna you're gonna look at the top of the draft, and you're gonna you're gonna see um, uh, what's his name from the Devils. And Hughes. even though yeah, even though he's not as good as the the guys I'm about to name, he still is making like seven million dollars. He's the captain. He's a top line player on that team. Like he's still something. They're getting something out of him. 
And then you, you look at Kyle McCarr and Patterson and Heiskanen, and you're just like, oh, my God. FML. FML. Like, unbelievable. We got this this sissy. Like, oh, that makes me so angry. Now he's demanding a trade because he was pe- treated so poorly. How about what we had to go through with this? Like, How we had to go through. Better? He came up. Immediately, he's he's sick. He's hurt. He's got a boil on his face. He finally plays. Going into the next season, we got to sign Hayes because they're worried about him. He misses the entire season. The Flyers, by the way, have their most successful season in the last, what, 10 years. Uh, maybe not that long, but close to it um, without Nolan Patrick. We get him back in the bubble. Hey, you played You played this year. Good for you. He was invisible. Actually, he wasn't invisible. He was a minus 30. That was a very noticeable thing. Other than that, he was invisible. Like, But he wants to trade? Like, give – under what grounds? Like, you're the one with the problem here, pal. Like, so good riddance. I, can't, I, I don't care what they get from him at this point, and I can't believe I'm saying that. The number two overall pick, and we're just, we're just cutting our losses. Like, oh, screw this guy, man. Seriously. Like, what a sissy. And I hope wherever he goes, he just remains what he is, a bust who doesn't want to play hockey. The fact that he didn't even try to get, like, one contract before he pulled this blows my mind. Even Anthony D'Angelo was smart enough to get paid before he went stupid. Nolan Patrick, I don't know, making less than – 900k or whatever it was stupid uh yeah so we'll see what happens with that i don't think he's officially requested a trade yet it's coming or it's happened internally and it just hasn't been announced can't wait till he he's gone i'd rather have ghost than him at this point like at least ghost tries at least ghost cares like he gets angry when he like screws up which is a lot but like he he cares patrick don't care about anything Except yep, for the way his hair flows in the wind, I guess. He so, enjoys the idea of being a hockey player more than actually being a hockey player. Which is just stupid and sad. And and I you're not going to succeed in Philly with that. No, no, definitely. That's probably the real reason why he wants to get traded. He knows exactly. That, he can't, that attitude won't fly here. Um, so on that somber note, uh, we're going to end it. We are, let's see. Um, yeah, about an hour and 15 in here. Pretty good. Not bad for uh, emergency takeover crew. Uh, you can catch us and all our shows on the Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spreaker, Overcast, and nearly all podcast outlets. Shout out to our affiliates at Full Press Coverage, where you can also find our show. Belly Up Sports, just to reiterate, me and Jimmy were on the show. We had an eight-man roundtable playoff talk with some predictions. See how we did. See how you like it. That was a lot of fun. Uh, check out our website at hwhockey.net. You can find all our shows as well as our articles and predictions on there. Uh, our YouTube channel at HW Radio, home to all of our shows. Kyle Warner and Sean McMorrow with the Sheriff, full circle with us, Jack and Steve. Uh, and the new, in case you missed it, coming to you Monday through Friday, roughly around 20 minutes or so, with Jimmy. He just had Jordan Hall on the other day. That was a good discussion, particularly about the goaltenders. Steve, where can they find you at? I am on Twitter at Ferrari underscore HW Radio. Uh, that's where you can find me. He's on the Twitterverse. Uh, just a wonderful place to be. I'm on there myself, Jack underscore HW Radio. And with that, we're going to call it. Talk to you next week. Probably have the regular gang back. And that'll do it. Peace.